Hello, and welcome to the Jack of All Trades podcast. My name is Ryan, and today I will be discussing the subject for which this podcast is named, and that's the Jack of All Trades, Master of None. This simple comment may seem like it's giving a person a praise, but sometimes it can be perceived as a backhanded compliment. I consider myself to be a Jack of All Trades, and as a kid, it was a great thing. Growing up, I had a lot of different hobbies and interests. I still have a lot of hobbies and interests. But the more I think about how this simple phrase affected my life into adulthood, the more I realize it really defined who I am as a person today. In 1592, Robert Greene used the phrase absolute Johannes factotum in the first published reference to the great William Shakespeare. I do not think it was meant to be an insult to Shakespeare, but more so the fact that he conquered the acting world and became a powerhouse in the world of playwriting and poetry. Shakespeare proved he was one of time's greatest writers, and to this day, people continue to study his collection of works and try to understand the intricacies of his dialogue. He was great at what he did, but he was not just focused on one aspect of his craft. He was a writer, an actor, a poet. William Shakespeare was a jack-of-all-trades in his time. There is more to the saying than just being good at a lot of different things. Idioms are often abbreviated or partially forgotten, and this curtailment changes the meaning of that phrase. The jack-of-all-trades continues with a master of none. Adding the second part changes the saying 100%, but we'll get into that later. Like I said, as a child, I was interested in many things and constantly changed what I thought was cool. Adult hobbies cost money, and depending on what you want to get into, it could force one to take out a second mortgage to get invested in something new, like cars. Cars are so expensive and frustrating. My parents did not want me to grow up and be a couch potato, so they forced me to play sports in all seasons of the year. In the spring and fall, I played soccer as most children in America did. I played basketball in the winter with our local league on Fort Detrick. In the summer, my parents let me off the hook a little, but enrolled me in swimming lessons. I never wanted to swim as a child. I was skeptical of the water. After becoming a strong swimmer, I eventually enrolled in the junior lifeguard program, which surprised my parents. They never thought this was something I would do. My swimming lessons were unfortunately in the morning. I hated waking up early on summer break. Oh, how I wish I could go back to the simple times of my youth where the worst part of my day was waking up at 7 a.m. to go swim for an hour. But for the most part, the summer was mine to do with as I pleased. I switched to baseball after ditching soccer to my mom's dismay. She always commented on how boring youth baseball was and how much she disliked watching me play. Quick side note, I understand how painful it can be to watch your kid play baseball, but honestly, I feel it's a little un-American to say you don't like watching the sport at all. It's our national pastime, for God's sakes. It's not boring, it's just not super high speed, and you don't truly appreciate the, how intricate and difficult the sport really is. It's a battle between the pitcher and the batter. The strategy involved goes beyond most people's comprehension, and therefore it's not as fast-paced enough to keep their attention. Baseball is not about hitting dingers like during the steroid era. America is great, and Americans should love baseball, in my opinion. Anyway, while playing baseball, I never really understood how much thought went into the sport. I wasn't very good and never developed a passion for the sport. 
I do enjoy watching baseball now, especially in person. I simply love overpaying for cheap beer while enjoying a nice day outside at the ballpark. I was there when Paul Molitor hit his 3,000th hit. I was there for Eddie Murray's 500th home run. Those are memories which will stay with me forever. Getting back to my childhood, I was also in Taekwondo and received my black belt before the age of 10. I mastered forms and gained discipline that stayed with me to this day. I was so small while training at Choi's Martial Arts, however, that my instructors never taught me the self-defense aspect of the sport. I focused on the bow staff and perfecting forms instead. I feel I missed out on an, another aspect of Taekwondo because of my age and size. I would get demolished by other students when we did spar, so Master Choi looked out for my well-being and placed me in a different area during this part of class. I feel it was the right move. When I was done with Taekwondo, I had to fight my parents on this. They wanted me to stay with it because it was very beneficial for my mind and body. But as a young kid, karate just wasn't cool, so I gave it up to pursue other things. I finally found my sport, and that was hockey. I played roller hockey in the spring and fall all the way through high school. Ice hockey was too expensive, as I later found out as an adult, and my parents' willingness to drive me to practice at 4 or 5 in the morning when the ice was available was out of the question. Sports were a big part of my life. I'm very grateful I was able to do so many different activities, but I never focused all my time and energy in one thing, a true jack-of-all-trades master of none. Now, I'm not saying I dreamed of playing Division I hockey for a big school. I was never that dedicated nor that skilled to pursue sports as a profession. But I didn't have the mindset to practice and get better. I didn't know if being a jack-of-all-trades has any correlation to my skills and what I did. I'm not naturally gifted in any one area, but I am pretty good at a lot of things. Kind of a which-came-first-the-chicken-or-the-egg scenario. I guess I'm content on being good at a few different sports. At the nice young age of 35, I picked up ice hockey as a hobby and decided to play the position in which the least amount of skating is required, the goalie. I was good at rollerblading, but my skills did not transfer to the ice at all. I played goalie and street hockey up pretty often, but standing between the pipes on the ice is such a different monster. It requires more thinking, more awareness of your surroundings, and definitely more skill. Gone are the days of the stand-up goalie facing shots that never left the ice. Gone are the days of Dominic Hoshik sprawling around the crease like an uber-flexible madman. The controlled butterfly goalie with smaller pads brings a new element to the game. So why start playing this ridiculously expensive sport now? Because I live in Alaska and there are two outdoor rinks and three indoor rinks relatively close to my house. I thought there is no better place in America to get into ice hockey than Alaska. I have a few buddies who help develop my skills and for the most part, I'm a pretty decent backup goalie. I even got the opportunity to play on the army team. Granted, I sat on the bench the whole game, but I was still there. My brain never said I needed to be the best goaltender in Alaska, and I know I never will be. There were so many players out there who started when they were children and dedicated their lives to the sport. I obviously did not do that, and that's all right. Natural talent transfers to the other side of my brain, as I'm a decent artist and musician. My older sister Tara had more skill in art than I, but I can hold my own with a pencil or a paintbrush. I can look at a picture and copy it almost to perfection without really trying. 
She also started playing piano before me, but I picked it up easier than she did. I spent many years of my childhood sitting at the piano with Mrs. Franz by my side, teaching me my scales and improving my techniques. She was a strict but fair teacher. Piano was the first and maybe only thing I practiced on my off time. She would know if I didn't practice, and I was scared to find out the full extent of her wrath for being a bad student. But somehow with music, things clicked. I had an easy time picking up songs, and I've always had a good ear and tone. I became pretty good at piano. I was no prodigy by any means. But one day, again, I just stopped taking lessons. I didn't want to play anymore. It didn't become too difficult or anything. I was just done. My mom was so upset and slightly disappointed with me after giving up the piano. In the fifth grade, I continued with music and started playing trombone. One of my neighbors, who was a few years older than I, had a spare trombone and let me use it to get started. I started playing the summer of fourth grade, and I was so small I had to use my feet to reach the sixth position on the slide. I played in the band in middle school and picked up marching band in high school. There were always kids better than I was, but I was by no means a bad player. I just never had any desire to be the best. I rarely, if ever, practiced at home. I never took private lessons. I was good enough to get by and was happy to be second chair to my buddy Joe, who was really invested in music. He practiced all the time, but I was just as good as he was without the extra effort. Band played a major role in my high school career, but it was never my life. I made a lot of good friends through band and got to travel around the country as well. I picked up guitar in Japan after graduating high school and still play to this day. The guitar is the coolest instrument I play by far, and being able to sing is just an added bonus. I have a few songs in my back pocket that could get a party going, but the guitar is just another thing I'm good at. Not really great. I was able to pick it up relatively easy and never saw a need to pursue lessons or invest time to hone the skill. It was just something I enjoyed doing. School was always a struggle for me, not because I wasn't smart. It's that I was a bad student. I'm a jack of all trades in the academia world as well. I was good at math and science and did well in humanities, despite having terrible teachers every once in a while. I don't have the greatest IQ, but it's pretty high. I'm definitely smart. I just don't like doing work. I'm really lazy. Things always came easy to me. Equations made sense in my head without any extra effort. I rarely showed work after producing the right answer, and that's a big no-no in the academic world. I rarely did homework and did the bare minimum to get a decent grade. I could have been a straight-A student if I only applied myself. This was always frustrating for my dad. He said if I put in the work and effort, I could go anywhere in life. I was always happy being a B-plus student. Much of my life is putting in the least amount of effort to be good enough. Being a jack-of-all-trades master of none sounds both good and bad at the same time. The saying implies that one is recognized for having skill in a lot of different areas, but would not be the person others seek for advice on one subject. As a person who considers himself a jack-of-all-trades, I can tell you it's somewhat frustrating. It's difficult to not be an expert of anything or have people around you who are great at something. It creates a sense of awe and jealousy. I look back on my early childhood and wonder if my life would be different if I didn't give up on certain things. Would I be a world-famous concert pianist right now, living in New York and traveling to play all over the world? Or would I be a Taekwondo master black belt and have my own studio so I could teach others my art? 
if I put in the effort, I'm sure I could have been working for a major comic book company as an illustrator or an inker. It's easy to look back and have regrets on things like this. It's honestly difficult to be a master of none. All the blame is placed on my shoulders because I didn't put in the extra work. My mind was constantly bouncing from one area to another and never stopped to master a subject. I would get good at something and then move on. I wanted to learn new things because I saw others doing it. It wasn't until airborne school at Fort Benning, Georgia in 2020 that my friend Joe Leach told me about the rest of the saying, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than the master of one. This little tidbit of knowledge had such a major impact on my outlook for life. For the longest time, I thought being a jack of all trades was a crutch, something that limited my capabilities. I thought I would never be as good as this person or that person. I was just okay at a lot of different things, but never great or even memorable. But that very last part of the saying, which is often overlooked by people, really changed how I view myself. I was a grown-ass man when I found out there was a second part to this saying. I had always limited myself and said I wasn't the greatest at one thing, and I guess that was okay. Just because I was good at a lot of different things didn't mean it wasn't impactful on my life. I don't need to compare myself to others. I'm too old to play games like that. I now view all of my interests and hobbies as defining elements that make me who I am. I'm good at a lot of things. I can play most sports. I can juggle, drive a stick. I know how to change a flat tire. I'm artistic with a pen or pencil. I have great handwriting and actually know how to write in cursive and type properly on a keyboard. I can tie a half and full Windsor knot and even tie a bow tie. I have a pretty extensive knowledge of the Green Arrow, Red Hood, and Deathstroke, the Terminator. I can sing and play a variety of musical instruments. I can field strip and reassemble an M4 in under a minute and a decent shot with it. I take woodcraft seriously. I like playing Magic the Gathering and have some pretty powerful decks at my disposal. I can also cook, probably better than most in the army. I'm a great cook. All of these things add up and make me who I am. I am a true jack of all trades. When my mom referred to me as a jack of all trades, I took it as a compliment. Being a jack of all trades kept my brain developing. It can be exciting, but also frustrating. To this day, I still find interest in several subjects, but I've learned to limit in what I get invested. I can do a lot of different things, but understand I don't need to keep picking up new hobbies. Sometimes I feel like a dog with ADD seeing a squirrel out in nature, like in the movie Up, and get distracted from what I'm currently doing. Learning is something people should always be doing. A person should always grow in life, but you don't have to be the best at everything all at once. It's okay to have interests and hobbies. Remember that what you are interested in is what you are interested in. My dad told me successful people are like trees. A tree is always growing, but sometimes it grows out and not necessarily up. It's okay to discover new things in life and find different hobbies. For me, it has made me the person I am today. I want to thank you for spending time with me listening to this podcast. I hope you took something away from it. Join me again as I discuss other things I'm good at, but not necessarily great. Hopefully you aren't sick of hearing this, but remember, as the saying goes, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than the master of one.